Hello everybody, I'm Adam. I'm John. And every week we are giving you a blast from our past. We are the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, album reviews, top tens, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. So please join us every single week on the Blast From Our Past podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, however you listen to podcasts, you can find us, and we would love to have you take a trip with us to the land of nostalgia. Student James, oh. Oh. wow, Santa, you're uh, joining us in the studio here. I didn't, I didn't realize you were going to be here. That's a nice, nice surprise. Wow, Santa, you have time to visit us. Oh, anything for you, boys. <laughs> Amazing. That's. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad you could take time out of uh, you know your busy schedule. I'm just wondering where's John. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, he said he's feeling sick, Santa. Yeah, sorry, Santa. Um, we know what he's gonna get for Christmas—a visit from three ghosts, <laughs> um, because he's a cuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, sorry. It's okay. <laughs> I mean, the real reason he's not here is he said that he didn't want to see you, and he said you're kind of a piece of shit. So um, he said he hates the whole idea of Christmas. It's a capitalist nightmare. Something like that. No big deal. Okay, bye. All right, thanks for dropping by. Holy fuck, I'm glad he's gone. Jesus, he stinks. <laughs> that fat fuck. Anyways, hey, hey guys, it's Christmas time. It's time to celebrate, okay? Indeed. Santa's stopping by. John's a no-show again. Action, action is back. Action, action's back. Holy shit, what a, talk about a Christmas present. Yeah, like... Um, I bet some of you were wondering, are they ever going to come back? Are they are they dead this time? Are, are they, they really dead? And maybe we are. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, there's still time. Maybe we're all part of John's fever dream right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I'm your host or one of the hostesses, James, and I'm joined uh, all the time. <laughs> By Dustin, by with hey, Dustin. That's me. Damn. <laughs> fuck. I almost thought I had it. Anyways, uh, yeah. So we are Action Action. We uh, we are the only podcast that dares to watch every fucking action movie and put it on our list from best to worst. Um, and we stick by our list till the end. <laughs> yeah. And uh, except but, for when we talk about changing it. Well, yeah, but. We don't usually go back and change it, so we're it too is, lazy. It is Let's what be it serious. is. Well, how do you do it? And then, like, you know, do we have to bring John in? And then that's a whole <laughs> fucking thing. It's a lot of math. Ugh, fuck, Dustin, how you been? You know, we've had a little bit of a break. Yeah, we had a nice break. I went. I went to Japan, and we're nice. uh, we, we took a little breather here on the show, but it feels good to be back and uh, coming back for a Christmas episode. That's nice. Even better. We got we got plans afoot for the new year. So yeah, it's getting getting exciting. 
Yeah, you know, there was talk of Trapped in Paradise again, but it just... <laughs> I don't know. I think we just need to let that go for a while. Yeah, maybe if you take a year off, you'll feel like doing it again. <laughs> Actually, I was watching it today, so I just... I didn't know when I was going to get time to watch it, so yeah. I just thought I'd throw it on there. Nice. But, you know, it's just not the same when you watch it by yourself. Oh. Um, and your kids tell you you're a fucking loser, <laughs> and your movie sucks shit, Dad. Like you, and you're a limp dick. Fuck Dana Carvey, and, really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the question is, Dustin, that I really want to know. Mm. What furpo are you? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Right. Oof. Which furpo? Mm, I gotta go with John Lovitz. Which one's he? You are totally <laughs> a John Lovitz. Because you know exactly what you're doing the whole time you're standing there with that expression, that expression on, on your, your face. face. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't know which one I am. Um, I think I'm like Alvin Verbo, maybe? Or maybe uh, then John has to be... Uh, yeah, he's the one who Bill. yells. He's the one who yells at, <laughs> at us. <laughs> he, he is the one that yells at us. He's the most straight laced. <laughs> Anyways, uh, why don't we do a little segment that we call "Sink or Swim" or "Seek or Destroy"? Mm-hmm. Uh, we're bringing it back. Here it is. Here it is, Dustin. Why don't you start us off? All right. Well, you know, I've been watching a few things. We've been off for a while, but uh, uh well. Yeah, I got a handful of things I want to talk about. Uh, I did a Coen Brothers double feature the other night. Okay. Went for their two most wintry movies. One is The Hudsucker Proxy, which has got to be one of their more underrated movies. Have you seen that one? Tim Robbins? No. He uh, starts out in the mailroom at this company. Um, I think it's supposed to be like the 1940s. I think you were telling me this. Yeah, he starts out in the mailroom. He's kind of an idiot. And on the first day on the job, the the big boss of the company... Kills himself, jumps out of the boardroom office and, right. and splat. Uh, and so the rest of them are looking for an idiot that they can put in charge who they can control. And they want to kind of tank the value of the stock so that they can like... Patsy. Yeah, so they can buy up all the all the shares and then get rid of him and then make it valuable again or something, something to that effect. So real trading places. Yeah. Um, so Paul Newman is the guy in charge of finding a, a replacement. He's like the jerk, you know, the the smart guy. And he gets Tim Robbins from the mailroom. And Tim Robbins has, you know, he keeps showing people this drawing he has for his idea of the thing he wants to do. And he just shows them this drawing of it. It's a circle. And he says, you know, for kids. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all like, oh, what the fuck? Uh, yeah, okay. Okay. Everyone thinks he's a moron. Uh, Jennifer Jason Lee is a reporter who she wants to get a story on him and you know she's like one of them fast talking reporter yeah. ladies bruce campbell is her uh her fellow reporter um yeah it's just a fun movie it turns out that it's a hula hoop that he is inventing oh okay so then the plan doesn't go to you know cuz they sell all these hula hoops and right. all this stuff and so um but yeah it's a great it's a great movie and it's one that i feel like people don't talk about a lot i really like it it's not one of their very best movies or anything but it is really good it's really fun it's funny and stupid. Tim Robbins is fucking great in it. Jennifer Jason Lee is great. Uh, and then I did that as a du- part of a double feature with Fargo because, you know, Fargo. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Fargo, obviously everyone knows Fargo, so I don't have to say too much about it, but just fucking yep. per- perfect movie. Steve Buscemi. Oh, my God. So yeah. good. Wood chipper. William H. Macy. It's amazing. Uh, I watched that new um, 
what's his face movie uh david fincher the killer with uh with fast oh yeah 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 i watched that too yeah uh yeah oh yeah you and john were talking about it when we were hanging out a little uh, a little while it's back there um i did like it i don't i think it's lesser fincher for sure like it's not among his top movies i did like it i think it's got a funny sense of humor to it like uh-huh. like the whole i mean i'm gonna get into a few details here about the killer so if you don't want to hear it you don't want to be spoiled fast forward uh you know a couple minutes just turn the episode off just turn it off uh fast forward a couple minutes but um there's the whole beginning where he's going through this monologue of like all his rules about being a hitman and uh, the precision required and mm-hmm. all, you know all this stuff about being the best and it's seriously like a 25 minute like monologue with him setting up trying because he's going to try to snipe somebody and he goes through all this stuff and how you have to do it what you need to do to be successful and blah 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 and then he like misses the shot right away and it's like this i thought that was really funny the way they set that up for so long mm-hmm. um and then the whole movie is kind of like that he keeps repeating these like mantras to himself but then he never like he never really does the things that he tells himself he needs to do he doesn't actually follow the rules that he's like saying to himself over and over and stuff yeah um it's not an action packed movie at all like there's one real serious fight scene in it uh, that was pretty good, I thought. That had a good intensity to it and it was filmed really well. Uh, the one at the house. Yeah, the house with the to, dog yeah, and with stuff. The dog, yeah. yeah. Uh, I thought that was really cool. Um, so, yeah, at the end of the day, I liked the movie. I thought the scene with Tilda Swinton at the restaurant was good and stuff. Um, I liked it. I, I don't think it's amazing or anything like that. Uh, I think yeah. some people do think that about it. But uh, So funny because, yeah, John and I talked about it and um, he really liked it, which. It, it's funny because I said to him, you know, I was watching and I'm like, this is such a John movie. <laughs> and he said to himself, like, James is going to hate this movie. <laughs> yeah. And so I really didn't like it. Yeah. Like, I get I get everything. I understand everything. I just I just didn't like it. It was pointless to me. Um, well, it's in some ways, it's a very standard sort of hitman like revenge kind of movie and especially for david fincher like it's not what i you really expect from him there is this like undercurrent of humor to it all but yeah it's it's not it's not like i don't know it's it's like it's it's a netflix movie it's better than most netflix movies but it's a netflix movie to me it's like you're edging the whole movie yeah, yeah. That that's what that movie is. Oh yeah, it's a fucking edge lord movie. <laughs> a different kind of edge lord. Like it just like you never really get to anything. Like yeah, he's setting up all these rules and all this stuff, and the joke or whatever is yeah, he breaks all his rules. I mean, he broke the golden rule. Like he had a girlfriend and a place. You know. Yeah. Like, well, that was the whole fun thing. Thing about it. He like you're thinking. You know, he goes to see her and you're like, what? He has a girlfriend like, exactly. after all that speech exactly. that he just gave. So it's just kind of like, but then at the end, like he doesn't kill the guy and like uh, all the stuff. And then, you know, and then the, it's like the last shot is him with his girlfriend in a new place. And it's just like, there is no payoff whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, I get that. I, I think it's uh, for me. It was fine as a as a sort of light snack kind of thing. Um, I think for people who 
are expecting like a full blown David Fincher film experience. I'm not sure that's what they're going to get out of this. Like you're not going to put this in the same, even the, even his other thrillers. I think they're all better than this. Like the game is better than this. Even panic room, I think is a better movie than this. Um, but I still, I still liked it. I didn't think it was bad. You know what I mean? But it's, it's, um, like it's a film. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's shot, shot, shot well. Really well yeah. It's shot well. And like, Fastbender, I think, is really good. Yeah, like, that's all good. The acting is amazing. It just, to me, is a complete nothing movie. Yeah, I mean... There is nothing that you get from it. I think he's trying to do some sort of subversion of this genre, but if you are wanting those things, you're not going to really get them, right? Um, At least not in the way that you normally would. I, I don't know. It just... There's no payoff. There's nothing. I just really didn't like it because it doesn't... It, it's not like it leaves me being like, oh, man, like I'm really thinking about this. No, movie. no, no. Like it's not complicated whatsoever. Like what the fuck do you get from it? <laughs> like that's my thing. Well, it was entertaining while I was watching it. Am I going to remember it in uh, in a year? Probably not. But. I I don't know. I just I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of at a loss. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I just don't know what to say about it. Well, let's move on. Okay. The killer. No, I'm upset. <laughs> yeah, you're getting, you're getting riled up here. Uh, I also watched The Holdovers, which is the new Alexander Payne movie. He did movies like uh, Sideways and About Schmidt and Election and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. This is a Paul Giamatti movie, which these two kind of just seem to work together well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a Christmas movie. It's a, He's like this kind of Scroogey type t- teacher at a private school for boys. Um, they're kind of like you know, mostly like rich kids, but not necessarily good family lives. All of them, and the main guy, his family is not coming to get him for Christmas this year. They leave him at the school, and there's and him and Paul Giamatti basically have to hang out for the whole Christmas holidays together. And uh, yeah, you, I mean, you get it, you get it just from that description. Mm-hmm. And it pretty much is what you think it is if you watch the ad or anything. But it's really well done, uh, really good acting. It's nice. It's funny. Um, it's kind of a nice change of pace. Uh, I feel like we're getting back into having some different types of movies again coming out in the theater and everything um, that aren't just all, you know, CGI th- explosions and superheroes and well, all this kind of shit. I think we can officially say, like, th- I think, those I think movies. Era, I think the era is kind of closing up, isn't it? It's. To me, it's done, and I think Disney has had so many flops lately when it comes to... Yeah, Disney's to not doing well. Uh, not even in terms of just that stuff, but even their like, cartoons and stuff are not doing so, great. So, yeah. maybe we can move on now. Yeah, I hope so. I, and like I said, and we talked about the uh, last time I went to the movie theater a little while ago, um, I think only one of the trailers was for a superhero movie. So I was like, you know what? I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged by that. Uh, but anyway, I like the holdovers. It, it's good. If any of those things sound good to you, then check it out. Uh, rewatched Rogue One. Haven't watched it since it came out in theaters. Oh, so I was gonna wait until. Yeah, that might be. You might be waiting a while if you well, wait till Andor is finished. Uh, I'm gonna be waiting a while then because I I want to wait till Andor is done. Fair enough. They're only gonna do one more season apparently. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but they're, apparently they're not doing it soon. Uh, from Great. what I've heard. So, but I yeah, I went back and watched it. I uh, really liked it. Still, it's 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 pretty much the only good Star Wars movie since the Disney era. 
to me, um, uh, it's my favorite Star Wars movie. Yeah, and, and I've heard other people say that too. It's not my favorite, but definitely out of the newer stuff, I, I think it's much stronger than all the others. The thing I like about it so much, like when I say to people it's my favorite, um, a lot of times they're like, it's so removed from Star Wars. Like, there's no... It doesn't have any of the... It well, it has, have, it has Darth Vader in it. Yeah, I know, but like, it's so removed from the yeah. whole star all the, the star saga, wars stories. the saga yeah and i'm like yeah exactly exactly yeah uh, i mean like that's why mandalorian is fun too right because you don't really i mean they they brought luke in for that one scene or whatever but like it's it's its own thing happening yeah um yeah which i like because i'm tired of them telling the same fucking story over uh what else oh i watched uh, another movie with joel kinnaman which we're gonna we're gonna talk about silent night here in a minute but uh, this is a movie called Sympathy for the Devil with Joel Kinnaman and Nick Cage that also came out this year. Oh, okay. This is like a, I think this did get a small theatrical release, but it's kind of a straight to video type thriller. Um, kind of standard stuff in a lot of ways, straightforward, but it's fun. But the thing that makes it worth watching is Nick Cage is is the bad guy in this and he's, he's going full cage. Oh, in this. sweet. And it is so good to watch really okay it's been a little while since we've seen this cage on screen because nice. he's, he's been doing some of these kind of more serious movies lately yeah um he has this weird fucking gross red hair in this movie i don't <laughs> know if you can tell in that picture um yeah, i can't really you know tell. like old ladies dye their hair yeah. red he yeah. has like that hair in this movie <laughs> uh yeah so like i say it's kind of a standard thriller but totally worth watching if you're a cage fan he he makes it very entertaining nice well i am so yeah uh and then the last thing I'll, oh no i got two more things i'll mention the other one is i watched killers of the flower moon right the scorsese movie. was there an intermission i i made a minute intermission <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah three hours and 30 minutes this fucking thing mm-hmm. did not love it uh really? sad to say um it's got a lot of good stuff in it. Really good performances, of course, across the board. Uh, fun to see De Niro in a good performance again. I feel like that's been a while. Interesting DiCaprio performance because it's unlike any character I've seen him play. He's kind of like an idiot who's easily led around by the nose in this movie, uh, which was kind of fun to see. Uh, it's you know obviously it's from a technical standpoint it's filmed really well and all that stuff, but. Holy fuck, it just does. Why is it so long? Like, is it just dry or what? It's dry, but also, like, it's a it's a tough one, I think, because, you know, you're telling this story about these indigenous people getting fucked over really badly, and you're telling it from the perspective of the criminals who did the fucking over, which I get is like what Scorsese does, right? Like, that's right. how he always tells the story from that perspective. Yeah. And. In, and to be fair, in this movie, he does try to show like more of like the outcome of how it actually affects people, these things, these crimes. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. You're just watching like you're still watching it from their point of view. And like the actress in this, Lily Gladstone, she's good. But like, honestly, she's not given much to do. Like she's other than like look sad or really sick through the whole movie. Like. I don't know. There's just something about it that didn't click for me. Um, and maybe, I don't know. I, I was going to say, maybe if I watch it again, I'll like it more, but I can't see myself watching it again anytime soon. Cause that is just so much of a commitment. Like, 
Um, so I didn't hate it or anything, but I I don't I think it's uh, overhyped from my point of view. I'll probably never watch it because it's so long. Yeah, it's so fucking long, and it really I honestly really don't think it needs to be. I don't think there's a good reason for it to be that long. Uh, you know, I'm really hoping we're gonna get to a point where um, it'll be like a movie that's only 90 minutes long will come out and people would be like, holy fuck, this is amazing. And it's so like short. Well, I mean, and then, and then we get back to that. And then we get back to that. I'd be a lot more accepting of it being a three and a half hour movie. If it was justified, like, you know, I watched Lawrence of Arabia. That's, I feel like the, the, the length is justified when I watch that movie. This, I'm like, I don't know. It's, it's, there's no surprises. Like it kind of, you know what it is from the get go, and like there aren't any twists and turns. It just kind of plods along, and here, right. here it is, here it is. This is the, this terrible thing, this terrible thing. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't like it very much. I didn't hate it, but I didn't. I just, I don't get the. It's love just for there. It. You um, watched it. You came. You saw. Yeah. It, again, it is interesting to see the DiCaprio performance, but. I don't know. Uh, last thing I'll mention, I watched this thriller called Dead of Winter last night from 1987. Um, this is with uh, Mary Steenburgen. It's got Roddy McDowell, uh, Jan, Jan Rubes. I don't know how you say his name. He's the old German guy. He's been in a bunch of movies. William Russ is in this too. Uh, this is an interesting little thriller, almost like a chamber piece. Mary Steenburgen is an actress trying to make it. Um, she's hired Roddy McDowell casts her to play this role. He takes her out to this house in the middle of nowhere, this big snowstorm and stuff. And, Mm -hmm. um, she tells her boyfriend, Oh yeah, I'm going to shoot this, this small role. And the whole thing is like this setup where they're trying to blackmail somebody. And Mary Steenbergen looks like the person who was doing the blackmailing, but that person actually got killed and they're going to pretend that she's not dead. And, use her to keep doing the blackmail except she thinks she's shooting a scene right for something right and there and then she starts to realize like something is up while she's at this house with these two guys Hmm. in this winter storm um yeah and that's all i'll say about it it's a fun movie uh it's it's got lots of nice little twists and turns some fun little performances Uh, it's nothing like it's a it's not a big movie it's you know yeah very small one kind of location sort of thing but uh, quite enjoyed it. Nice. Yeah. Right on. What about you, sir? Uh, well, I haven't watched a whole lot of movies. Uh, but I did get some Christmas movies in. So I watched uh, a little movie called The Christmas Chronicles Part 2. Nice. nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Wait, what was Part 1? Was that the Kurt Russell thing? Yeah, the okay. Part 2 is Kurt Russell too. But okay. I, I haven't seen Part 1. Oh, okay. Um, but so you were totally lost then. <laughs> I honestly didn't need to see part one. So, um, yeah, my kids already seen part one. So, uh, whatever for what it is. Sure. You know, my kids kind of, they were kind of like, meh, they kind of <laughs> liked it. Didn't like it. Whatever. Uh, then we watched the Santa Claus. Oh yeah. Tim Allen. Um, and they quite enjoyed that. Oh yeah. So now you're going to go through two and three, right? Maybe I seem to remember two being all right as well. I never saw three. Oh, okay. I think they're all on Disney. Yeah. Uh, did watch Home Alone one and two. Nice. Um, my kids love those movies. Yeah. Um, 
they hadn't seen them before. So like, oh, this, this was this the first, the first this year. This is the first time. Yeah. Uh, the second one is actually my favorite, but uh, right. Only because of Rob Schneider, right? Wait, is Rob, Rob yeah. Schneider is in that, right? Yeah, he's in the second one. And Donald Trump. And yeah, fucking my boy Don. <laughs> Donnie. So yeah, we watched those, and then I watched uh, My Cousin Vinny. Oh, love it. And so I seen it before, but I, like I hadn't seen it in like, I don't know, 15 years or some shit. I fucking love that movie. It's so good. It's so good. It's a, it's like a great comedy, but it actually actually also works as a courtroom. I dr- yeah, like I fucking love it. Drama. Yeah, like like they do that stuff well. They do it so well. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. Um if you haven't seen that uh, my cousin Vinny like what the fuck Marissa are you doing? Marissa Tomei. So like, good. it's so good. <laughs> uh and then I watched uh Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Oh boy. Here we go. Honestly, honestly, I was kind of like, it's not good, but I was like, okay, I'm, I'm okay with it. <laughs> All right. I, um, think a, I think that's how a lot of people felt. Like, I kind of liked what they were doing. I didn't go in with any kind of like high or medium expectations. <laughs> so uh-huh. it just kind of was like, okay, I'm going in. It's going to be shit. I'm, it's a Disney movie, so it's going to look like a Disney movie, and I'm just going to accept it. And I was like, you know what? I didn't feel like anything was too forced down my throat. I did like the interaction. Um, you know, you got the female Indiana Jones now. So right, yeah. it, it didn't feel as bad as it felt when Shia LaBeouf was in the movie. <laughs> what did you like that throwaway line about how he's dead now? Yeah, he's dead. <laughs> yeah. So whatever. I, I had some fun watching it just because I'm like, yeah, I didn't you know. think it was devoid of fun. Um, like there was some good stuff in it for sure. Yeah. I didn't overall like it, but, um, like the action sequences kind of felt a bit lazy to me in it. I mean, I get that Harrison Ford's like fucking 80 or whatever, but, um, well, it's like, there's like one chase sequence that was all right with the, the rickshaws or whatever. That was not too bad. My problem is because it's a Disney movie and what about the de-aging at the beginning? Sorry. I, I cut you yeah. Off. The de-aging. I was like, I was fine with it. Whatever. Mm. I was okay with it. I was like, oh, okay, a little bit of old indie, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I get it. I get the feel, right? Um, I'm not sure how that guy came back yeah. from getting <laughs> yeah. hit by a sign. They <laughs> right. never really explained it unless I missed it, but whatever. What about the ending? The the, the final set piece okay, gets so, pretty crazy. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. Uh, when, when I watched The Crystal Skull, mm-hmm. okay, I thought it was so fucking dumb <laughs> because I just was like, it's fucking aliens. Like this is like, you've completely lost me. <laughs> right. It's like, I can get like, uh, the Holy grail and all that stuff. I, you <laughs> yeah, know, yeah. I, it's like more believable to me. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. Which like, obviously I'm like brainwashed in some way. Like, I'm going into like trauma from when I was a child or some shit. <laughs> like this Christian stuff could be possible, like, but yeah. aliens come okay, on. Okay, Christian stuff, get it. Get it. Okay. Um ghosts coming out of, you know, yeah. like I get it. Okay. Uh but aliens, fuck that shit. So when I watch this and they go into the past, 
I'm like, fuck yeah. Like, I am, I am in. I am all in on this. Time travel, no problem. I'm like, time travel? Like, you're, you're finding alien skulls and shit? Mm-hmm. Time travel? I'm in. I liked it. Well, my problem with the King Crystal Skull wasn't that it was aliens. It was just a lot of other things. Well, I understand. I understand it was... A lot of the monkey vine swinging scene. Oh my god! Um, (laughs) I kind of feel like I got to go back now and watch that movie again. No, I I do. I feel like I need to know how it stands up against this most recent one. But anyway, I didn't hate the new one, but I, 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 again, didn't didn't love it. Didn't. Well, it's like okay. I think didn't move the needle a lot. I I think we can stop. Yeah, let's stop. Okay, no more. Like please, please, just stop. Just stop and come up with a new fucking idea. You know, female it Indiana bomb, Jones. It was a huge bomb too, right? People did not go see it. So, well, I mean, I'm pretty sure like anyone could have told Disney that. I don't know. I think I think a lot of people thought, oh, well, we just saw the re- return of you know Top Gun the year before, and that was massive hit. Okay, and whoa, so we're thinking, whoa, whoa. I think they were thinking Tom Cruise. Yeah, Tom Cruise. But then the new Mission Impossible was a bomb. So I think they were thinking. Oh, people are in the mood for nostalgia things. Like, let's bring, you know, you can bring back Indiana Jones and a huge audience will go see it. But I think there's a whole generation or two that don't give a shit about Indiana Jones, right? Here's the thing about Top Gun, though. Top Gun Maverick felt like a low-budget indie movie. Even though I know it's not, Mm -hmm. it felt that way. Because it was stripped down to the most basic fucking thing. Okay. Yeah, and it's it was flight also school. it was also still coming out at a time when like every other big movie was a fucking Marvel movie or whatever. I know, but it's flight school. Yeah. And one mission. Yeah, yeah. It's so like there's not much more than that. No. You got a beach. You got a beach you got a beach scene uh, to match up with the, <laughs> yeah, the yeah, volleyball. Of course, of course you do. <laughs> uh, it was great though. But uh, uh, it was great. I'm surprised we haven't done it yet, but. Yeah, uh, but it was great. But all I thought of watching Indiana Jones is like, is like Jungle Cruise and like, you know, they <laughs> all look the same. I think I might have had more fun with Jungle Cruise than even the Indiana Jones one. Yeah, I know. But like, they all look the same. Like, yeah, the new Pirates of the Caribbean movie, right, whenever right. they make it, is going to look exactly like Indiana Jones. Yeah, I hear you. I, I get you. I don't know what it is. It's just. Yeah. Anyways, anyway. anyways, enough of this. All right. We're going to get to our uh, feature of the week. We're going to get to um, 2023's Silent Night. Um, let's listen to a trailer with no talking in it. <laughs> <laughs>
All right, Silent Night. So yeah, so 2023 rated R, hour 45 minutes. Um, this is a John Woo movie. John Woo, he's back. Um, so a grieving father enacts his long-awaited revenge against a ruthless gang on Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. Funny thing, I knew it was John Woo before. While I watched it, I forgot. <laughs> And then John reminded me because I went and saw it with John. Uh, he was supposed to be on this episode, but, be here, but you know he did his thing. He he did his <laughs> thing. Um, he then I dropped him off, and then I messaged him. I'm like, I totally forgot it was John Woo, and he's mm-hmm. like, Yeah, I was saying all that shit to you, referencing John Woo. Like, did you not pick <laughs> that up during the movie? I'm like, Nope. <laughs> Well, I could I could kind of get that because it's a very different feeling movie for John Woo. I think. Um, I mean, there are certain certainly there are touchstones and elements here that we've seen from him, but um, even you know, in terms of how the action is shot, it's pretty different from what we've seen from him before. Um, again, you'll see traces of stuff, but it's a different movie for him, different style. Um, yeah. So, what's your first impression? First impression is, I like it, but I, you know, I like it. I I like it. No, I liked it fine. I liked it. I had a good time when I watched it in the theater. Um, do I think it compares to other John Woo movies? No, no. Uh, but that doesn't mean it's not worth uh, checking out. I think it's gotten pretty bad reviews mostly. Yeah, I'll be interested to hear your thoughts. But um, yeah, overall, I did like it. So. We'll go from there and we'll see uh, All right. where we go. So uh, I got two minds of this. Okay. So the theater was empty. I went. On, oh, yeah. Me. I think there was like three other people, four other people. I went on a Saturday at like four something. Um, there was like two other people in there. And um, so kind of great because then we just talked and right. laughed and whatever. Right. Yeah. I. I felt at times I went from like, oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a cool, like, I'm going to pin a guy against the wall and stab him in the gut mm-hmm. with my car, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, cool. To like, I'm laughing so hard mm-hmm. because it's so fucking ridiculous and cheesy. <laughs> right. And so my feeling after was, and this is me not remembering it was a John Woo movie. <laughs> right. Okay. It was, okay, somebody loves Hong Kong, like, 80s and 90s Hong Kong movies, and they're trying to pay homage to that. Okay. And, and, oh, wait, this was a John Woo oh, movie. Oh, wait, it's a John Woo movie. But also, like, honestly, if this movie came out in, like, 1991, mm. and it was from Hong Kong, mm-hmm. this would be a fucking banger. Yeah. This would be a straight banger movie. It would be a different movie uh, in a lot of ways, right? Because like the whole story and everything, everything of how it's done is like exactly how a Hong Kong, to me, how a Hong Kong movie would be. All the cheesy shit, all the stuff that we find. I think it would be a lot grittier if it was a Hong Kong movie. Yeah, it would be a lot grittier, Story-wise. Story-wise. And and the way it's constructed and stuff. I agree. Uh, I think, you know... I, oh, we should talk about the conceit a little bit for people who don't know. It's called Silent Night. It does take place at Christmas. Well, two Christmases, I guess. Um, 
And the reason is because there's no talking in the movie. There's no dialogue. Yeah. Um, the main character played by Joel Kinnaman and the early sequences, uh, him and his, it's Christmas time. Him and his son are on the front lawn. A drive by happens with these two gangs shooting at each other and his son is killed. And he, we get that cold open where he like chases the dudes and like goes after them. And then the guy shoots him in the throat and then he loses his voice. So then, uh, yeah. So there's no talking for the rest of the film. Um, which I thought was an interesting idea. And I mean, at times it felt a little strained of like where I was like, Oh, it'd be nice to hear someone say something. Um, but yeah, uh, overall I think it was kind of a cool idea to do something like this, something different, uh, a silent action movie in a sense. See, and my thought was like, this could be like, a massive movie worldwide because right anyone can watch any it. anyone can watch it don't right? need to translate it no don't but need subtitles like it hasn't done good worldwide at all i didn't look into that at all i, I thought it would at least do good in in hong kong or in china and so like i looked because uh, like it came out last week right so it feels like it should be a big deal john woo has returned yeah with an action movie at christmas all those things sound like to me, in my heart, yeah. that should be a big deal, but it it wasn't a big deal apparently for anyone else. So I looked on like Monday, <clears throat> and it was like worldwide six million. Yeah, like not 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 good. good. Yeah, right. And I mean, it kind of I don't I just don't know what to say. I I don't know whether to be like, uh, well, of course John Woo's not going to fly nowadays. It's just John Woo is of an era that it's really yeah. hard. And I mean, this is a, this is an R action film. So no, not exactly a family outing for Christmas time. Cause that's what I look for in an action. No, but that's film. what an audience might be looking for. Right. At Christmas time. I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I mean, we picked it and like we went to the movie theater yeah. to watch it yeah. because it's John Woo. He's back. It's it's an action Christmas movie. To me, it's a big yeah, and it's an action Christmas movie. That right? seems like a big deal to me. Yeah, but yeah, I guess nobody else felt the same way. <laughs> I don't really. Well, they're like why. John Woo. Who? Like maybe if they had put a bigger name actor in the lead role, it would have drawn more. Like like Nicholas Cage. Like Nick Cage. Um. He's maybe a little old for the role. He could, no, he's he like a he grandfather. He still could have pulled it off. He's like a grandfather or something. That just somebody a little more recognizable. Even if you had like, if you had a Gosling or somebody like that that could draw a crowd. Because Joel Kinnaman, I like him, but like, it's not like a household name, right? He's like people are like, oh, that guy. He was on that show, or you know, like <laughs> he's not a guy where everyone's like, yo, yeah, Joel Kinnaman, love that guy. Um. But I thought he was good in this. Like um, I thought he was good. I think the scenes where after he gets his throat shot out and he's like screaming at himself in the mirror and stuff, like uh, there was some good stuff there. Uh, like you could feel his rage. Like I could actually feel his rage at the situation and stuff. To me, it took too long. Well, it, it's a, it is one of those slow build kind of movies, right? Um, yeah, and all that stuff takes a while to kind of get to the point where stuff starts really popping off. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it paid off though. Like I was, I, I was like, this is a long time to sit through the melodrama before you get to the action. And we, we, he really leans into the melodrama in this movie. Like oh, yeah. 
the heavy stuff and and it's hard not to because it's about a guy's kid getting killed but it does get like you know he does those classic sort of woo cheesy things like you see the christmas balls and like his son's face is reflected oh, in it i was stuff laughing like so hard <laughs> yeah like pretty cheesy the the christmas okay the christmas balls and then he sees like what would have been his son graduating and right, stuff. Right, yeah, yeah. He has that and vision kind of... I was killing myself laughing <laughs> because it was so ridiculous. <laughs> like, it's supposed to be this tender moment, and it's just like... Well, he just leans so heavily on that stuff. Like, um, But it's even, like, the dancing around those balls. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, I the just... The cameras I found it hilarious. There is some weird kind of camera stuff in this movie, too, and most of it I actually liked... Like there was, I was like, oh, it's kind of cool that he could come in and do a new movie after all this time and have like some creative use of the camera and some pretty, like it's a pretty stylish movie, mm-hmm. which Wu was always known for being stylish, but like this I thought was to a next level. Like I'm thinking specifically say of that shot where um, he goes to the building at the end and that cop comes to help him and yep. there's that, the drug dealer's girlfriend, like the heroin addict girlfriend. She like comes out and she's like firing this machine gun at them. Okay. I, I thought, I don't know. I was like, this is pretty stylish. It's different for, different for Wu. There's two things there. Okay. Let's address the cop first. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, but this cop, like they show a shot of this cop where they're kind of like looking at each other in that warehouse. And I'm like, who the fuck is this like background FBI agent from like NCIS? Like that's what it <laughs> felt like. I'm sorry. He just had no presence whatsoever. He looked like a little boy. <laughs> like, I don't even know who the guy is. It's Kid Cootie. He's a rapper guy. Um, I've seen him in a bunch of stuff, so I knew who he was. Um, is it Cuddy? Cuddy? Yeah, it's Kid Cuddy. I'm just like the old guy trying to pronounce rapper names. Um, I just didn't get any of that. So, so... You know, fucking Silent Night guy leaves this body on his doorstep, right? Mm -hmm. Um, The money guy, I guess, uh, from the gang members. That was a cool scene when they got in the fight in the house and stuff. I thought that that was was kind of cool because it was like real. It was like, okay, this guy is not a fucking superhero. Yeah, he doesn't know what he's doing. He's done all this training, but he's not John Wick. He's still like. A yeah. dude, right? Exactly. He thinks he's so fucking smart, yeah. but yeah. he totally things fucks don't up. go off like the way that you want them to. I I actually really like that scene because, yeah, that's exactly how it would have gone. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, okay, so this co- it's the same old story. It's fucking like Death Wish, right? Yeah, it's that, a Death Wish, right? Movie, yeah. So this cop's not doing his job and all this stuff. But then the cop gets this info and then all of a sudden the cop is like, okay, now I'm going to illegally enter a building without a warrant and I'm going to start doing all this shit and killing people. Like, Well, I think they had, you know, they had all these things where you were hearing these stuff come over the radio because there was these big gang shootouts happening. Oh, man. And I think he was supposed to have put together that like, okay, he's do- he's doing this stuff. He has gotten involved. He's left this guy. Um, And honestly, I kind of liked it that he just decided to join him because in another movie, you'd have all those like labored scenes of like the guy being like, you can't take the law into your own hands and blah, you know, all that kind of shit. And this cop was like, 
no, fuck it. I'm going to like help him take these pieces of shit out kind of thing. Uh, I guess. I, I kind of like that. I just didn't believe it. That's all. Yeah. I mean. Like make the guy really old. Yeah. Grizzled. Like he's right? jaded. Right. And so this guy's like. He's seen it all and he's yeah, sick of this bullshit. He's old as fuck. And he's just like, you know, this is how you got to do it kind of thing. Whatever. And, and then he just decides, you know what? Fuck it. Like, I'm just going to go in there even though I'm old as time. I like that idea. And then it's like, okay, like, I get it. Mm -hmm. Like, it's believable. But this guy, like, I'm guessing he has a wife and kid. So, like, why? I mean, we don't know, right? I'm just assuming. But, like. But I'm just thinking, like, the way that you're saying about that old guy idea. I like that idea. And I think you could have easily slipped in a small subplot and still kept it silent. Of just showing him witnessing these crimes that he can't do anything about, yeah, and like the 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 red tape getting in his way, kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Like um, he's just beat down, right? So by he's like, like, I'm gonna just go take these guys out with him. Yeah, exactly. He's beat down by like red tape and and fucking politics and all that. You shit. You could even just show him being like sort of sullen and angry. Dealing with Joel Kinnaman's character in the opening scenes in the aftermath of what's happened to his kid. Mm-hmm. Or you could have him sitting at his desk and looking at a picture of his own kid. And, you know, anything. There's like a lot of stuff you could do, right? To There's a lot of kinda, stuff you could do. Um, yeah. So I didn't like the cop. I think they could have done it, gone a different direction. Um, I like the shootout scene, that shootout scene where <laughs> the gangs are fighting each other. I love over the radio. They're like, we got a gang war. We got a bunch of gangbangers. <laughs> yeah. Like I found it so, so hilarious. Very simplistic. Like it's yeah. so hilarious. Because I think they're trying to like just not have that much. Because there's no actual like talking between characters, but there is somebody listening to the radio a couple times, and yeah, there's those cops talking to each other over the. Over I just the- love how these cops are talking. Yeah, we got a bunch of gangbangers. Yeah, there's these gang gang guys fighting. Big oh. fight gang. Man. <laughs> Um, but the girlfriend, the drug dealer girlfriend, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I just found it so funny that, okay, she's like, like fucking stoned out of her mind or whatever. She dumps and, the ice cream on him earlier in the movie. Yeah. But then like at the end, the, the like boss, the gang boss, he like injects her with some kind of superpower. And now mm-hmm. all of a sudden she's like a killing machine. Like it just seems so weird. Because, like, I'm pretty sure... I don't know if it's so much that she's supposed to be a killing machine or just, like, she comes in when they're not prepared and starts firing an Uzi at them and, like, you could tear shit up like that, right? Uh, And also, at that point, Joel Kinnaman's already been through, like, fucking war. Oh, yeah. Um, But I did think there was a lot of cool stuff there. Like, it looked cool, like, visually speaking. I thought there was a lot of cool stuff happening there. Uh, with the drag gang guy too, I thought he he looked great. Like he looked like a real yeah. Bad, he looked great. Guy. He looked like a super villain. Um, I liked uh, you know even if Kid Cudi wasn't necessarily the best, I did like when the gang guys came up the stairs behind him and he did the double the classic woo, two handguns just like right. blasting a whole bunch of dudes and stuff. I think there's a lot of fun action once it gets to it, but like you said, like you gotta wait quite a while you before we get to that because like what we get through the movie after those opening after that cold open with the bit of a chase scene and everything um you know you go through all the drama the stuff with him and his wife yeah you know which you should have you know, cut that 
Cut that. No, I mean, I don't yeah. think you can cut it. Yeah, I think you can. <laughs> to me, to me, it's... I understand why he wants it. No. It's just that they, no. they spend too much time on it, no. I think. I think you could do less of it. No, I think... No. No. I think the wife dies and the son dies. Okay. I mean, that would be better in a sense. Yeah, because we could get Simplif- to the action. Simplify and- things. Yeah. I mean, then the rest, but then, then they spend a long time with him getting ready, right? Like he's got to, he's got to work out. He's got to learn to fight with a knife. He's got to learn to shoot, which makes sense, right? Like you would have to do some of all that stuff. Yeah. It's well, just that's that- just a montage though. Yeah, but it takes a while. It's not like a it's not like an eighties montage of a few minutes with some music. Like, it is. They spend time on on that stuff. They spend time on him working out. They spend time right. on him right. knife fighting. I know, but like how I would have filled the time is he learns a new thing, he goes into the streets and he takes out a gang member. Right. He's gotta practice. He he has to practice. Yeah. So he learns how to like cut a guy's throat or whatever. Yeah. And he goes out and cuts a guy's throat. And then you see the aftermath where he's like having a panic attack because he just killed someone. And then you do have those. You do have that. Like, you know, like we talked about the fight with the money guy. Like, but I want him to be like a stone cold killer by the end. Right. Well, he does become that. He does. Um, And, you know, he kills those two guys on his roof during that gang fight scene where he drives in there through there and he's shooting guys. And he does stop and puke out the you know the door of his car and stuff. Yeah, uh, I mean all that stuff made sense to me. I think that all played, but yeah, I think you do have to have some patience with this movie if you you know, want to get to the good stuff. And like I say, I think the payoff personally, I think the payoff is worth it. But it's not a movie that I'm gonna throw on every year probably because no. I know that I'll have to sit through all that like misery part for you know an hour or whatever. I mean, you could have had. You could have had like he's like tracking guys down and he finds one of these guys. He beats the shit out of him. He brings him to the cop and the cop takes him in. And then it turns out they just like let him go basically. And then he's like, what the fuck? Kind of. Yeah. yeah. Right. And then the old the old cop would be like, hey, man, red (laughs) tape. Nothing we could do. Like, this is how the system works. You know, libtards are doing this like (laughs) stupid fucking fucking libtards that we live in a snowflake society. This is what happens. Okay. (laughs) Fucking SJWs. And then he follows that guy that he brought in and fucking dices him. (laughs) Right. Fucking dices him. Um, Yeah, no, I could see that, too. Um, like I just want fucking it, violence. I feel like it needs to get to it a little quicker than it does for sure. Um, and I, I, I'm okay with a movie that builds to a, a big crescendo like this, but this one did feel a little long in the tooth uh, at times for it, and it it isn't aided by the really cheesy melodrama parts where it's like, yes, we understand, like you know, you you it's hard to get all this stuff across without talking at all mm-hmm. like there is a challenge in that and um but it just feels a little belabored at times where it's like okay we know he's fucking sad about his kid like we don't need to see necessarily all this it it did remind me of like um like you know he he plays that little music box thing yeah too many times i didn't like that 
Yeah, like it was if too you, much. If you had once or or twice of that, that would have been fine. But he plays it like fucking fifteen times or something, right? I know. I like. At one point, I thought it was broken, and then he played it again. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't understand it. I would have liked if one of the guys he was fighting broke it, and then, yeah, then he, he went, picked it up, he and he's like, crazy. what the fuck, kind of. And then he tried to play it, and it didn't play. And then the the gangbanger was like, oh, did I break your little bucks? <laughs> <laughs> and, and then he fucking just throat cuts him. <laughs> You really wanted to see some more throat cutting in this film. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he practiced how many times? He did. Fucking right he in did. the jugular. Well, didn't he? We saw a couple of him sticking them in, but it wasn't like a... It's not a super gory film by any means or anything like that. Like, we're not seeing him I slash need gore. Like, this is the other thing is, like, we need more gore. Yeah, it did feel a little sanitized to me. Like, like the, like the action is good and it's hard hitting, but... Um, it is one of those things where it's like, okay, it's CG squibs. That takes away from it immediately. Yeah, boo. Um, and there isn't, like, there isn't enough. It sounds so silly. There isn't enough. There isn't enough blood. Um, yeah, exactly. Because there's, there's violent scenes. Like, when he, I do love when he slides the motorcycle in under the door. Yeah, I like the that. The car, and like he shoots that. the gas tank. That's a classic. Shoot the gas tank yeah. from the motorcycle for, for woo. The car blows up. Those guys are on fire, and then he blasts them with the shotgun. I thought that was pretty awesome. But the movie is fairly bloodless for what it is. Like, and that's a part of that is just I think modern studios and what the kind of stuff they want to put out. But it uh, did feel like it needed to be a little more, a little more bloody. I just don't understand. Like, I just don't get it. Like, I feel like I fucking. Well, got look, the finger on the pulse look, of what people want. Nobody and went and saw the thing anyway, so you could have just put it. You could have made it as gory as you fucking wanted to. <laughs> like, you know, I'm sure they were holding back because they're like, "Oh, people, it's it's too much." You know, it's a family. Who, who it's a family movie. <laughs> who made it? I wonder. Uh, yeah, I don't know which. Uh, I don't know which studio or which. I don't know. I should start. Well, I think it was maybe. And one of the things I noticed was it had Wu's own production company was in the opening credits. Which I think is a new one, and it was um, shit. What was the name of it? It was a it was a Wu reference that whatever he named his production. Company. A better tomorrow. A films. better tomorrow films. That was it. Uh, Capstone Studios, that the production company. Now nah, it's got to be more than that. Anyways, I don't know. I just was like not like it was what it was. Thunder Road Pictures. Oh yeah, yeah. It was what it was. I was kind of disappointed. I and like I said, I think a lot of people were disappointed. With if it. this if this movie came out in the late eighties, early nineties, from Hong Kong, it this would have been a certified banger. Yeah, well, because you would have taken these same elements, but it would have yeah. been a, it would have been way grittier, right? But it's also more acceptable coming from a Hong Kong movie. Like we've talked about right. this before yes. in other movies yes. where this it's is like an American movie and it's just, but I mean, it's, you know, it's the same if you compared broken arrow and face off to the Hong Kong films that Wu did, obviously the American movies were not nearly as violent. Um, it was more focused on like the elaborateness of the set pieces themselves, right? The action set pieces. No. Then, then, you know, how gory they were or anything. I mean, at least face off is crazy. Yeah, right. And it's got finger waterfalls. 
<laughs> yeah. Right. Well, he always has one of those type of things that he, and in this it was the music box. In that it's the finger waterfalls. There's always a thing like that, a little, a little catch, a little whatever. Yeah. I don't know. It just makes me, watching this makes me be like, oh yeah, Hong Kong films. Oh, definitely. Maybe like I should go back and watch some watch good some ones. Watch more of those fucking movies. Yeah, for sure. Um, definitely. And when I finished it, I was like, okay, well, like, obviously this does not hold a candle. Do you know, we did bullet in the head earlier in the year and better tomorrow for that matter too. Um, those yeah, are much, much better movies. Bullet in the head was like a surprisingly, Oh, it's phenomenal. Like so I wasn't good. expecting that. Uh, and it's good. Like, you know, it's awesome all the way through. Yeah. Whereas and that, that was like, that was dealing with some, like some deep shit at the end. Yeah, yeah. With his friend. I think he wanted to try to get to that level in this movie too. And like, you know, he has you just can't. the scene at the end where the wife goes, you know, the wife leaves him, which is tragic. And you know, but nobody it's not, cares. It's not, it's not even that. It's like other than cold hearted bastards like yourself. It's like, well, what? I'm sorry, <laughs> Dustin. Okay. The reality is it's that it's what's, too much. What's the percentage of fucking divorce? What's the divorce rate? It's kind of like boohoo, get over it. This is a reality. This I know, is fucking but there's America. A, there's a sad this reality is America. to people who lose their children, right? Like, yeah, that their I understand that. Survive. But like divorcing his wife, like, yeah, of course she leaves him because he's fucking, he's become useless to her. Like, he's like, you know, he won't talk to her. He won't do anything. Um, yeah. The I mean, end, you know, he tries to hammer it home with the, he put the train around the grave and the note, like that train would still be there by the time the wife. I'm like, okay, it. so this is operating <laughs> off of batteries, I guess. <laughs> yeah, is it the batteries are still going. How long did it take her to go see it? I mean, I guess she probably would visit the grave fairly often still, but. <laughs> um, well, she would visit the grave the day he died. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Right. That was kind of the whole thing. And this whole thing, you're not going to see me again. Uh, and of course, like, yeah, he goes in and he gets killed by the end of the movie. Uh, I like the little. I like the showdown with the guy and how many times they shot each other and stuff. The the drug lord and everything. The big boss. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a cool movie because I th- I think because of the conceit because it's something different because it's just cool to have John Woo back. There is some really good action. It's not exactly the type of John Woo hard boiled action that people might have wanted from him. I'm not. I wasn't surprised by that though. Like it kind of felt like I knew it's an American movie. We're not going to, it's not going to be exactly that. Um, so I had an okay time with it. I had fun when I watched it. it it's not, a, it's not going to be a classic. It, it, if I watch it again, it'll be, you know, five years down the road. I might watch it again or something at Christmas time. Um, yeah. it's not going to be in the rotation as a regular thing. And like you said, watching it really just make, gives you, makes you hungry. Like it's like you had an appetizer and now you want to watch a real Hong Kong action film, right? Yeah, exactly. It honestly, because I watched it forgetting it was a John Woo movie, I felt like it was, and, and maybe this speaks to like John Woo is like a shadow of his former self. Like it's just like, I watched it thinking like, Oh, whoever made this movie is like, I fucking love Hong Kong movies and I want to make like pay homage to that. So I'm going to make this mm-hmm. in that kind of vein. Right. Um, but like North American. Yeah. Except for it was John Woo. John Woo doing an homage to himself. <laughs> well, kind of. <laughs> the thing that I don't understand is like, how can you, 
I don't know. It maybe it's just like too much studio influence or what. But how do you make a movie in Hong Kong, but then you come here to North America and you make a movie? Like, can't you make the exact same movie? No, I don't think so. I mean, like, what first is of all, it? I mean, there's, what is there's it? a ton of components to think about when you're talking about this. Like, first of all, Wu's been away for a while. Well, yeah. So, you know, he's probably a little rusty. Um, right. But that, which is why I said I was encouraged by some of the new sort of tricks in terms of the mm-hmm. way that the film was shot. I was like, oh, okay, he's the old guy who's still trying new things. That's, that's fun. Um, I think. You know, first of all, at that time in Hong Kong, which is it's, you couldn't do the same thing now if you shot a movie there, uh, you could get away with a lot of stuff, right? You could do you were they were kind of free to do whatever they wanted. Yeah, there, were, there weren't severely injured people. So when I remember when he came and he did Hard Target, uh, he was oh, surprised yes. to learn about how he wasn't allowed to kill that many people in one scene. He had to like back off. Why? Uh, yeah, like, there's there's just, rules. There's MPAA has rules. Like you, I, I'm sorry, you can't kill I'm sorry. so many people per scene. You gotta you gotta winnow this down. Like okay, so like I don't really understand. So there's like rated R. There's then then there's what NC17. NC17, which is what? Well, it means that you have to be at least 17 for somebody to bring you to the movie. Whereas rated R, you can take your 10 year old to a rated R movie. Okay, so NC-17. So it cuts out the so ticket NC, sales. Is it's, like, it's like a death boon to be given an NC-17 rating. Oh, it is? Yeah. Like, people are like, oh, okay, well, they can't... I don't know. Like, people just don't go to them if they came out like that. You know, there's been... There is obviously Why been not? a bunch of NC-17 movies over the years. I don't even know if it's something they still do at this point. Back in the day, you'd hear... For me, it was like, oh, I gotta rent that. It was NC-17. I gotta well, yeah, check that exactly. movie out. <laughs> exactly. But in general, or audience terms, it was, not, it was not an appeal, I don't think, for people. Uh, and then, of course, beyond that is X and triple X, right? So, um... I don't know. It, you know, I uh, yeah, fuck America, man. Like, I just don't get it. A fucking country with so much like violence. Yeah, but then there's also a matter and, of like, did would Wu have wanted to make a movie just like he made them back then? Now he's older. He, you know, you have a different. So what? He's making a, a like a child's movie now. Like, I just don't. <laughs> you know, movie. like fucking Eddie Murphy goes from like delirious well, to like I gotta do like daddy daycare now for my kids. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Maybe. I mean, you're old. You usually don't have that same sort of angry fire in you as when you were young, right? But also he could just have a different perspective on the type of movie he wanted to do. Oh, I want to do like a sort of glossier production or I want to, you know, like who knows. But whatever the case, it's not what we want to really see from it's John It's definitely Wu. not what we want to see. Um, I'm, I was glad of it. Like I'm glad that he came back to do I hope, And I still hope he does more movies and stuff. I know there's like a, uh, a remake of The Killer. I think that's like a TV show that's supposed to be coming out soon. Okay. That's kind of weird, and I, I think Wu is producing that. Um, I hope he does do some more movies and kind of get back into the groove of... He doesn't have to do the exact same thing he used to do, but it'd yeah. be nice to see some of those crazy ballets of violence again that he orchestrated back in the day, um, even if it was just for a couple scenes or something, you know? Right. Um, or... or Go full tilt, man. Just do the craziest shit. Because look, the audience didn't support this movie, even though it was, you know, it was like a half measure, right? Like, 
oh, okay, well, be it'll be a, a violent John Woo action movie, but it'll be like a Hollywood version of that. But we won't actually put the money into it we need to do to draw an audience. So then you've taken half measures and it's not a success. So just go all the way. Either give him a huge budget where he can do another type of face-off level of movie. Or if you're going to be a small budget, then go for the throat. Go full violence. Go all the way. You know? that, that's what I want. I want somebody to go full violence, like practical effects. Like just say, fuck it. Like I'm going to make the movie I want to make and whatever. It's such a weird Like you would think some people would market wise. Yeah, I know. But you think certain people would be able to just say, this is the movie I want to make. And someone would be like, okay. Yeah, I mean, I would have thought, okay, somebody will back John Woo. And I mean, I guess they did to the, to the degree that this film has come out. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Who gets who gets carte blanche, right? Obviously, Scorsese is still doing whatever the fuck he wants because he's making three and a half hour films. Yeah, well, I don't really get that. Tarantino can do what he wants. Like, there's not that many guys who can just do whatever they want, right? Christopher Nolan, like, there's not that many. Um, I don't know. Uh, it's going to be an interesting couple of years in the future here watching how the market changes with superheroes and stuff getting lessened hopefully we're going to get start getting more variety again in the movie theater but is that going to draw people either to because people don't seem to really want to go to movies anymore so i don't know it's going to be weird yeah well so i heard the the flower moon movie um it's so long that there was like a movie theater in the States that had an intermission. Oh, yeah. And the studio found out and told them to stop doing it immediately because they altered their contract. Right, right. Right. But they actually found that people that went to the movie actually appreciated, appreciated it. it. I'm sure they did. So why the fuck wouldn't you? Yeah. And I mean, back in the day, movies that were that long always had an intermission. So I don't, I don't know why. Why can't you do it? No, it has to be seen in one sitting. You can't go to the washroom. That's ridiculous. Nobody can fucking drink a quart of Coke at a fucking movie theater and not, <laughs> not take a piss. Um, but also, it just gives you a minute to fucking get out of the seat. And I don't know. I don't know. It, but it's You're asking a lot. And then they're always like, fuck them. Fuck them if they can't take it. And it's like, well, dude, you're trying to draw people back to the movies and not like piss them off i don't know anyway there's a lot of different stuff to get into there but w- overall what was your feeling did you, you you were kind of meh on the whole thing overall i was kind of like um there was some cool action sequences some like good like death scenes um i i kind of like you know some of the killing and the the comedy but it, it it's not intentional comedy <laughs> it's like you know, it's trying to be serious and, you know, with his kid's face shining in the balls. And I'm like, <laughs> I just kid's face shining in the balls. I just found it hilarious. That was definitely like that kind of crystallized all the cheesy stuff in the movie. That was like the most yeah. cheesy thing. Yeah. And sure. um, yeah. So overall, I'm kind of like i had a good time because i went to the theater i watched it with uh john and our younger brother Mm -hmm. and so like i quite enjoyed just being able to like talk and laugh and whatever 
Um, but I, yeah, I'm kind of meh. Yeah. I, I'm really, I'm actually disappointed knowing that it, it's John Woo. Yeah. And I think, I think a lot of people felt that way, but because you have, you know, it's fair that people have certain expectations with John Woo. I think I tempered mine knowing, okay, well, it's not going to be, it's not going to be fucking hard boiled, right? Like it's not going to be that. Yeah. Um, well, or his greatest film, Hard Target. <laughs> right. Uh, I just realized I hadn't entered my numbers. Yeah, I haven't entered mine either. So I'm going to put them in real quick here into the old ActionTron 2000. All right. Well, let's get to the ratings. Yeah. So, um, uh, well, I give Plot a five. It's okay. It takes a little too long to do what it's doing, but it's fine. Kills, I gave a seven. I do think the action gets pretty good towards the end. Not Not amazing, but good. Pretty good. Uh, pacing is a five for me. Definitely. Actually, you know what? I'm going to lower pacing. It's, it's not. It's too slow. Uh, quotes and tropes. I gave a six. That's for the tropes more so than the than the quotes because there are no quotes. There's no talking. Uh, and my re- my overall reaction is a six, which gives it a score of a five point six for me. Which yeah, that's about right. To me, to me, that sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, well, I gave plot a five because like. As much as like there's not a lot there and s- some of the stories kind of weak it I mean I do like the concept mm-hmm. so like I kind of like what they were trying to do yeah um, kills uh, although uh, yeah I gave it a six although like I felt like there wasn't enough I did like yeah the action scenes. Um, pacing's a three, which I feel is generous. <laughs> um, quotes and tropes, five. Um, it is pretty tropey. Mm-hmm. Like there, there are so many tropes oh, and yeah. not all good ones. Like there's some pretty bad ones. Mm. Um, and then my personal reaction is a four. It's kind of like a, I'm probably never going to watch it again. Yeah. So overall 4.6. So that gives it an overall 5.1. Let's see where we're at. I don't even know if this list is up to date, but we'll just go with it. 5.1. So that's a tie at 167 with Armageddon. <laughs> Tango and Cash, mm. Air Force One, and the Old Guard. Uh, hmm. I probably has to go behind Air Force One and in front of the old guard for that. Me. That's what I would. Yeah, and I I didn't love Air Force One either, but overall I think it's a better action film. There's more memorable scenes. There's Dustin, get off my plane. Get off my plane alone. <laughs> <laughs> Makes it a better movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. Okay, yeah. so that's new number one seventy. There you go. One seventy. Not ranking high like our uh, like our bullet in the head did, but uh, yeah, that's still pretty good. One seventy, not it's not terrible. It's mid. It's mid. It's pretty mid. One seventy out of two hundred and thirty nine. Mid, yeah. All right. Well, thank you for uh, listening to our Christmas episode and. Uh, 
Uh, I guess we're back. Maybe we're back. Maybe there's going to be consistency. Oh, yeah. I'm thinking we're back. (laughs) (laughs) You know, people keep asking me, am I back? (laughs) Yeah, I think I'm back. Uh, Yeah, so uh, I guess, you know, maybe we'll have some consistency this next year. Yeah, you'll have to tune in and find out. (laughs) We'll see uh, if we can get our shit together. Um, But... Thank you for listening. Um, you can check us out on Instagram at Action Action Podcast. You can uh, also listen to us on, uh, I guess, wherever. Um, but, you know, you can go on to Patreon, become a, a patron. Um, we are going to be changing some things up to be announced in the future. Uh, forewarning. Some episodes might not be out there anymore. You might have to go on Patreon. So, yeah, some of the old ones are going behind the paywall, yeah. as they say. Uh, no freebies anymore for you bitches. <laughs> um, but yeah, really appreciate. Hey, and you know what? Uh, I forgot to mention at the front, but we are a part of the BFOP network still. I think. Yeah, we are. Uh, as far th- as I know, they didn't tell me we're out. They didn't kick us out yet. Uh, I still think it is coming, um, <laughs> but uh, so it only ends in tears. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you should uh, definitely go check out those shows, like um, like the Talking Backs Talking and Backs the of the world, the um, podcasting after darks. And oh, yeah. the, we, we were on there a little while ago for some Canadian uh, TV obscura. That was fun. Yeah, that was check that was that a lot of fun. And the uh, horror one. Yeah, we're back to not remembering that. Yeah, return, uh, return, yeah, resurrection. Yeah, and then uh, last from our past, I think, are still hanging around. I think, kind of. I don't know. Actually, don't know. I don't know. I'm a little confused. Is that it now? My understanding was they were calling in today, but I'm not. Don't quote me on that. No, but is there any more shows on? Uh, good question. Fuck. We are we are fucking terrible. Yeah, sorry. Sorry guys. Sorry. We'll be better. All right. Well, uh Merry Christmas and uh you know, I hope you guys have a happy new year and um I uh, hope you get everything you wish for <laughs> under the Christmas Don't tree. Don't be a greedy bitch. Um <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs>